Christmas gifts they'll never forget. This week on the podcast, Sweet Valley Twins, The Magic Christmas, part one. Hello and welcome to Growing Up Bookish. That's the podcast where we read books that we used to like and see if we still like them. I'm one of your hosts, Emma. I'm your other host, Allison. This week we're reading a choice that I made. It's one of the Sweet Valley Twins books. It's one of their like special editions and it's called The Magic Christmas. I loved Sweet Valley books as a kid, but Emma's never read any. I have never read a single one. I have no idea who these characters are. I know nothing about them. Nothing about this world except that the covers usually had blonde girls on them. (laughs) Every cover had blonde (laughs) girls on them. And every luckily, the annoying thing about Sweet Valley books is that they always begin with this excruciatingly long description of the twins that, like, if you've read them... You, that was giving me a look like, wait, they did? Every single book starts Every out with book. a description of them. Yes. So just in case if you kind of started yes. midway into the series, right. you could... The idea is that because these series are so long running that they assume that not everybody has read all of them and that they might pick up from like volume 100. Okay. You might pick up Magic Christmas and it be the first one you've <laughs> ever read and they want you to know exactly what, what they twins look like. Look like. <laughs> And do you know exactly what they look like? I do, and the picture on the front <laughs> helps as well. Yeah, it certainly does. But uh, if you're a reader of the series, seeing those descriptions every time, you're like, yes, we know. Crystal blue eyes, <laughs> dimple on their left cheek, California blonde. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And yes, we know that they're twins, but they're different. So, yeah, it's just, it's a pain to have to read that every time. I, but. That, I could see that getting very annoying. <laughs> I would just skip through that part most of the time. <laughs> I remember this being my favorite Sweet Valley Twins book. This one and, like, some of the Halloween special editions, which are, like, ghost stories. Like the super, like the super, super chillers. chillers. Yeah, I was yeah. going to ask you, did you read any of those? Oh, all of them. Yes, every last one. And one of the ones that was my favorite super chiller was one called The Carnival Ghost, which was really good. <laughs> it was It was about, like, a... Like a murderous ghost, essentially. Oh, are we going to read that one? Maybe, but probably not for a while. Maybe like next Halloween. Okay. (laughs) If we're still doing this by then. But uh, that one I really love. But this is like that one and this one, The Magic Christmas, were the two that I just really remember loving the most. And I remember the most about them. Although when I started reading this, I realized I didn't really remember much at all. (laughs) Uh, It's funny because I don't remember much about any of the like other regular books. You know, they're like their regular teen high school stories. Well, I would imagine that maybe nothing really memorable happens. Not really. They all kind of blend together. Whereas these stories, their special editions were always like completely different from the regular Sweet Valley universe. And then they were always retconned at the end because it was like, they never mention again that Elizabeth almost got killed by a ghost. <laughs> you know, like they never mention it. And it's like, uh, it was just a dream and it never yeah, really happened. Pretty much. Okay. That's kind of what it's like. And that's what this one's like too. They have some fantasy elements that they never bring back again. But uh, it, so, so I have a question real quick. Sure. Are the books written by the same author or are they written no, by different authors? All different people. Okay. And actually, this one is written by. Jamie Suzanne, and I'm sure that we could probably go through a list and see which other ones she's written, but I have a feeling that there's a good number of different authors. If I had time to Google it, I would. 
because I'm interested, kind yeah. of. I probably sh- you should ask me those things so I could research it. I'm sorry. Beforehand. Well, well, we'll do. We'll we'll slip that information into part into two. the second one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll look it up for part two because I okay. kind of am interested in how many ghostwriters they had, and I don't actually also don't know how many Francine Pascal actually wrote herself. Did she start it? I don't know. Like I said, I I, I know nothing about this universe. I'm pretty sure she started Sweet Valley High and maybe wrote some of those, but she never wrote any of the others. Oh, okay. Like it's all, just got her name on yeah, the top of it. It's okay. got her name on the top of it, and other people are writing them. Oh, so. nice. <laughs> Jamie Suzanne, whoever you are, you wrote the Magic Christmas. I'm excited. I'm excited to get into it. Describe the cover. It's a front door, and there's a wreath, and in the middle of the wreath on the door is the picture of the twins, and it's got that like VC Andrews style cover. I don't know if you know who that I is. I do not. Know I'll who explain that is. it in a okay. minute. Okay. But when you open it, then you see the the picture of them in full in front of the Christmas tree. Now, I'm going to guess, based on the descriptions, that Jessica is the one in the headband. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I'm pretty sure because there's one girl that's got like a headband and her hair's down and the other girl's got her hair pulled back and has a more demure smile. Yes, very professional so looking. So that's got to be Elizabeth. Yes. Even though their outfits are both equally. I don't know. Her, though, Jessica's got this fun floral top and elizabeth looks like she's about to you know get her picture taken with santa she looks very (laughs) professional you're right you're right she does kind of i mean i just i have a thing it's like she's gonna get her picture taken with santa while jessica goes to starbucks at the mall and shop around (laughs) by the way care about tradition (laughs) if you want to know what these pictures look like that we're talking about they're gonna be on our website yeah i'm sorry just look along with us (laughs) but yeah the vc andrews is another author from this era um, she wrote horror, terrible books, uh, but she was known to have like the cover that had like it would actually be cut out where this is. Oh, cool! And then you could open it. Like I bet you you've seen them before. Yeah. But they that was like a popular thing to do in the that time to have like the the little window on the front cover and then have the picture in full underneath. Awesome. So, anyway, are you ready to get into this book? I am so ready to get into this book. I guess I should start by asking you. What I thought the book was going to be about? Yes. By the, well, I figured since it was Christmas time and they were getting transported to a magical land, it was going to be something connected with, like, the Nutcracker, which I love that story. So I'm like, oh, they're probably going to do, you know, the Sugar Plum Fairy castle type of stuff. And that's not what happens. That is not what happens, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay. I'm okay with it. The book starts with Elizabeth reminiscing over a photo of her and Jessica's seventh birthday, and she's telling her BFF, Amy. I can't remember anything about Amy other than that she's, like, always there and has no personality. I don't know. I really don't remember. That's an okay friend, as long as she's always there. And she she did seem, she was like, that's such a great gift, Elizabeth. Oh, the gift. I haven't even told you what it is. Uh, It's kind of lame. I don't think it (laughs) is. Are you serious? Apparently, I'm Jessica and you're Elizabeth. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's, it's essentially, she, she gave her. <laughs> Don't laugh about it. It was a very I can't stop laughing because it's so dumb. Gift. So she's, she's written a story yeah. about. About their seventh grade birthday party. But like her favorite memories about it, which is very <laughs> sweet. That's a very thoughtful gift. I guess. However. <laughs> If it's to a person that would think that is nice, then all for and it. And let's see. She should know that her twin Jessica ain't into that. <laughs> you know, spoiler alert, but she ain't into that. Well, okay. So 
they're she's telling Amy about all about this touching story and that she's also going to give them like a give her like a photo of them from said party and that's the gift and she's like oh that's such a lovely gift Elizabeth and they swoon over Elizabeth's thoughtfulness <laughs> and then they give the description of them and talk about how their personalities are so different. They're so different. They're, they're so alike, but they're so different. Elizabeth is a responsible one. Yes. At at the tender age of, how old are you in the sixth grade? Like 13, maybe? Maybe. At the age of 13, 14, yeah. she knows what she wants to be. She wants to be a writer. And yep. She works for She works for the, the school, school paper. paper. Yep. And Jessica is the, the fun-loving... Likes clothes and boys, and she's part of the Unicorn, Unicorn Club. Club. <laughs> <laughs> the Unicorn Club is infamous in this series. Well, in the twin series. I don't think that exists outside of that. But, uh, yeah, they they pretty much... It's the popular girl yeah, club. Yeah, it's the popular girl club. And they sit around, they talk about boys and clothes. And and that's that's what Jessica's into. So different. But after after learning about Elizabeth's gift, we cut to Jessica, who's in her room with her best friends, who are not as nice, I'm just going to say, because they were kind of like being snooty. Yes. I could tell that the author favors Elizabeth a little bit. Well, the author's a writer, obviously, <laughs> so. <laughs> yes, she probably does. Uh, and it's, inter- of- it's interesting to note, too, that Elizabeth only has one friend in her room while Jessica, Jessica has, has multiple yes, yes but her, uh, Jessica's multiple friends are not interested in hearing about the gift that no. she gave which I feel like Jessica's gift is kind of awesome <laughs> because she bought Elizabeth bus tickets which are not cheap by the way well not, not cheap maybe they were cheap back then mm, wait what's, this what's, was what's that what's that bus this was written in 1992 like... by the way oh was it okay. 1992 it doesn't matter. She bought her bus tickets to go to the Save the Whales concert. And if you do know anything about uh, Elizabeth, she does care about animals and causes and things. So that seems like right up her alley. And there were four tickets in the box. Yes. So two bus tickets, two concert tickets? Yes. Are these sixth graders going to this concert by themselves? I don't think they ever mentioned who the other two tickets were for. Maybe it's for their parents. I hope so. <laughs> or maybe it's for Amy and... You no. know, Elizabeth's best friend, Amy. No. I don't know. They, I don't remember if they say. Jessica's friends are, like, shocked that she actually, like, planned and, like, saved her money. Because That's right. Because not something that Jessica does. That was a big deal. So, I just want to mention, Jessica went out of her way, <laughs> saved her money, and went against her nature to be great to her sister, whereas Elizabeth just did what she always does, which is right. Is that really what she always does? I mean, it didn't take of. time and effort I mean, and work. Maybe, but it's still lame. <laughs> and then Jessica also threw in a pin. Yes. So she was thoughtful twice because she gave her like a pin that she saw Elizabeth eyeing in the store. Yeah. So so you think Jessica's gift is better? Absolutely. I think Elizabeth's gift is better. No. Yes. Fight. <laughs> <laughs> so then we cut to Christmas Eve. And the twins are, like, making plans to exchange their gifts because they're so excited because they just know the other one's going to love what they got them. Um, their brother is a wizard and knows exactly what's going to happen because he's like, I bet, you, <laughs> I bet you you guys just got yourself something that you liked by yourself and you could just borrow, right? 
And yes, because he mentioned the previous year, I think one of them got a sweater that yep, that was purple, Jessica's favorite color, and so she could borrow it. Right. She gave her a, Elizabeth a purple sweater. Book, yeah. And then Elizabeth gave yeah. her a book that Elizabeth yeah. ended up. Sounds like a bunch of selfish bees. Yeah, I don't understand that. Maybe they're just both really bad at gift. I mean, there are people out there that are bad at gift giving. I'm one of those people. <laughs> that they think about, oh, I would like to receive this gift, so so and so will like it, rather than thinking about the individual right. person. I mean, I understand I'm terrible at gifts, but uh, I, that's why I don't buy people gifts. <laughs> that's why I've never gotten a gift from you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mom mentions that their grandparents are coming by and they're bringing them something very special for Christmas. That's right. Something very special. Well, Jessica opens her gifts first, and shocker, is not interested in quote unquote reading a homework assignment. <laughs> That's right. It's like she she opens it up and she's like, "What is this? Your homework? Is this like an essay or something?" <laughs> yeah. And Elizabeth's like, "No, no, it's a it's a story I wrote for you about her seventh grade birthday." And she's like, "Oh, yeah." She okay, El- cool. I guess Elizabeth immediately gets hurt. Yeah, super sensitive. <laughs> Which, I mean, it would bum me out, too, but I don't think I would have taken it that personally because you have to know who your yes. at this point, come on, you have to know who your sister is. Jessica's probably never writ- read anything <laughs> in her life. I don't know why. Magazines. That's what she reads. Magazines, yeah. I'm sure. And and according to the description, this the uh, story was really long because she was like, Jessica's like flipping through the pages just, being like, how long is this thing? <laughs> she doesn't want to read it. And you should know that. If your person that you're giving a gift to doesn't read books, come on. Don't be a doofus. Anyway, so Elizabeth's all sad. But Jessica's still excited about her opening her gift. She She's happy about the pin. She's like, oh, you got that pin I liked. And she's like, yeah, but that's not the real gift. Keep going. She sees the tickets. She looks at the concert date and she's like oh i thought you already knew i've got plans on that day already first of all it's it's for a school club event you can reschedule that absolutely secondly jessica makes mention that her parents helped them helped jessica buy the tickets and coordinate it which means her parents didn't even know that elizabeth had this so-called important event that's right because it was happening at the house or her parents forgot yeah it was like the i think the event was that her like newspaper people were coming over to have brunch or something at their house so her parents didn't remember jessica didn't remember nobody remembered so apparently your your little event was not that important to anybody, yeah. which I guess you could be upset that you don't remember my entire school schedule, but neither did your parents who's hosting it. Be mad at them too. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like It just seemed like Elizabeth's anger was unjustified. I agree. I think she took it to a level that didn't need to go there, but maybe she was coming from the place of like still being hurt. Oh, so she's lashing out and being petty. So that's even worse. Look, she's a sixth grader. There's a lot of emotions going on at that time. Having read so many of the books in this series, Jessica comes off as the bad guy a lot. But in this instance, I don't think she is. No, I don't think so either. I feel like she put a lot of hard work and effort into getting something really cool that she knew that Elizabeth would like. And Elizabeth would like it. It's, it's just, just that there's a, conf- a time conflict. Yeah, yeah. but you're ha- just have brunch at your house the next day. Because it happened. Wait, isn't it like, planned for like, like New Year's Day? Like, yeah. how many people are really going to come over to your house? Apparently, these like some people, people are. go out of town or like. Like, I guess not. 
I guess if you have like sixth grade kids, you don't go anywhere. <laughs> they get mad, they fight, and then they both storm off to the rooms. Yes, never like they never want to talk to each other again. Nope. Yeah, I I did feel like the fight was a little bit dramatic. However, we are talking about sixth graders, so yes, I mean monsters, sixth grade so. drama. It's fine. Chapter two uh, brings us to Christmas morning. The uh, twins wake up first. Mm-hmm. They're still fighting and they're demanding apologies from each other, but neither wants to give it. Well, let me just say, I felt that Jessica was being a bit. <laughs> what's the word? I don't. I don't know. Bitchy. Well, <laughs> snide, rude, probably. Like, yeah. Kept making these jabs. I'm like, just let it. Like, even if you can't let it go, just stop. Just stop with the backhanded <laughs> comments, please. They're sixth if I graders, were their parents, I don't know. If I were their parents, oh my gosh. To your rooms, both of you, I don't want to hear it. And, I mean, their parents scold them a little bit, but... Well, their grandmother shows up just then and yes. scolds them about it. And she's she basically tells them to get over it. It's Christmas. <laughs> and uh, Don't just, ruin Christmas for everyone. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. The day continues, though, and the twins are still miserable. But then they get to open Grandma's special gifts. The grandma tells them that these belong to their great-grandmother and her twin. But then they have, like, this dramatic story. Mm-hmm. That kind of goes <laughs> off the rails. It's really <laughs> weird. She's like, let me tell you a story about your great-grandparents. What was it? It was Samantha and Amanda. Uh, mm-hmm. So the story is, like, they, they both love the same man. And then... Samantha got the men man arrested for illegal liquor? I'm assuming Samantha loved him. I don't remember her pointing that out. But it's that Amanda was riding this man without Samantha's knowledge. And so when Samantha found out that Amanda and this guy, I think his name was like Ted or Tom or something, um, found out that they were riding to each other, she got this guy in trouble with the law for... Yeah, which is a really awful thing to do. And then, if I can't have him, no one can. And then made him think that Amanda is the one that sold him out. Man, that is some major drama. I was kind of shocked when I read that. I was like, wow. Yeah, it's pretty devious. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, um, I don't think this really is on the same level as Jessica and Elizabeth. No, Spat not even close. Had, like- Getting a man arrested <laughs> is kind of a little bit more than just being mad about a Christmas gift. Yeah. That does remind me, though, that like in the back of this book, and I had forgotten about it, they have like advertisements for other books, like they always do, but they have an advertisement for Sweet Valley Saga, which is supposed to be about like their ancestors. Oh, cool. But I'm pretty sure it's... They're talking about, like, someone named Alice. No, Samantha and Amanda? I don't know. Now I want to go... Because I had, I think, at least one Sweet Valley Saga book, but I didn't like them because they were, like, historical fiction. And I guess I wasn't into that at that time. I may like that. I might be into it now, but I wasn't into it then. But I don't remember Samantha and Amanda, but... Whatever. It doesn't matter. She tells them the story, and, you know, they're rightfully like, uh, that's not the same grandma <laughs> because it's kind of just like whatever and I think like Elizabeth makes some kind of like snide comment about how she's like I know they're trying to teach us a lesson but like this has nothing to do with she doesn't understand she doesn't understand she doesn't had she heard Jessica's hurtful words she would know right I'm like girl um you're talking about a Christmas <laughs> like gift. I said yes <laughs> it's it's way different than whatever happened yes. to them because I guess the Samantha and Amanda didn't talk again until like on, on Samantha's deathbed or some, yes. something yes Samantha was birthing a child and was birthing grandma yes yeah and, and died yeah so and I guess Amanda probably raised her huh 
They never mentioned that, but I'm assuming that's what Yeah, happened. I'm assuming too. So you never knew your mom, Samantha, who got a man arrested. <laughs> your mom doesn't sound like a Ooh. very good person, Grandma. Oh, man. There's some therapy <laughs> sessions for that. There is definitely some, some stuff. The twins don't really get the lesson they're being taught, and they open the gifts, and they turn out to be old Harlequin dolls. They're, they're confused because Jessica gets the serious-looking one, and Elizabeth gets the jovial-looking one. Yes. And Grandma's like, no. You got the correct dolls. The one that was meant for you. The one that was meant for you. Have you ever gotten dolls from your relatives? Would it creep you out to get a doll? No, I wanted dolls. I actually have a ton. Oh, man, what happened to them? Oh, I don't know. I actually have a ton of, like, old creepy porcelain dolls. And I had one that was a Harlequin. It wasn't, like, a boy Harlequin. It was, like, a girl Harlequin. So she had, like, cool long hair. But she had, like, the Harlequin outfit. And she played Send in the Clowns. Oh, God. Which was kind of creepy. I'm not even... I wish I still had it because it is really Great Halloween decoration. I should ask my mom if we still have those somewhere. Probably not. Every time I'm like, hey, mom, do we still have... She's like, no. No. And I'm like, who got rid of it? (laughs) She'll claim that I did, but I don't believe you. But no, I was super into dolls. So... So this would have been a good gift for sixth yeah, grade Allison. I would have loved it. Yeah. Would have loved it. They weren't into him. They're like, we're too old to play with dolls, grandma. But whatever. There's a riddle. Yes, riddles. I loved <laughs> I loved seeing that there was a riddle in this. <laughs> Which is funny because uh, The Forbidden Game had a riddle. Yes. The very first book yeah. we read on the podcast. And uh, did you try to figure out this one? No, I never this tried to figure them out. Way simpler. I never try to figure it out. I just keep going. All right, well, the dolls have medallions on their chest, and there's two sides. So the first side says, Together apart, wheels on a cart. Unite all these things, eyes, feet, and wings. Scissors and socks, hands found on clocks, dolls, harlequin. And then the other side says, Together apart, joined from the start, answer this well, Escape the dread spell, answer again, and magic's your friend. Add a good rhyme, escape one last time. So the first side is kind of like benign, but the second side is like dread spell, escape. Yeah, it's a little you know, bit weird. They kind of brush over one. it, too. Yeah. They're just like, oh, whatever. I'm like, wait, what? this is cr- a creepy poem. <laughs> what What does this mean? What am I escaping from? But they don't. they never mention it. They're just like, yeah, we don't get it. And then they just go to bed early because they're well, pissed. I th- I, well, I think that, yes, they're they're... <laughs> They're mad at each other, and also I think they're pretty disappointed in the gifts Mm. that they got. So they go to bed early, and Jessica's trying to sleep, and she keeps thinking of the riddle. And she comes up with it because it's the easiest thing in the world. (laughs) It's pears. Pears. (laughs) The the things – well, this is the first part of the riddle, obviously, not the second part. The first part is that they're all things that come in pairs. And so she says it out loud, and then she hears shuffling. Ugh. In her room, and she looks up, and her doll is moving. Nightmare fuel. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it does kind of, like, start oh, as a horror book, doesn't it? Does. It does. I was freaking out. Well, in Chapter 3, we cut back to Elizabeth, and that's something this book does a lot, is it cuts back and forth, which I hate. I you don't hate like it. that? No, I hate it. Oh, I like that. I used to think I was into it, but as I was reading this one, maybe it was because I was, like, reading it. And also making notes at the same time. But I kept felt feeling like it was disjointed and it was upsetting me. Mm. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's fine. It, it flip-flops from the twins a lot. So in Chapter 3, we go back to Elizabeth. And she also discovers the riddle. Mm-hmm. She says it out loud. She's like, pears. Oh, my God. It's pears. 
And then her doll is now moving. And apparently not just moving, but growing. Yes. Into a real boy. That's right. <laughs> He's awkwardly moving down the stairs. Yeah. I'm like, and the way that she describes it, like I said, it's nightmare fuel just... Ugh, yeah, because the way it's, he's moving. It, it, he's transforming like slowly, so it's he doesn't like get up and he's a human. He is half doll, half boy for a while mm-hmm. or whatever. And the last thing he gets is to be able to speak. To speak, right? So he actually leaves the house, mm-hmm. and Elizabeth's just following him, being like, "Hello, what's going on?" Which I feel like is kind of out of her character. Maybe a little bit. She she should be like smarter than that. But, I mean, she just assumes it's a dream. That's true. Which I guess is the logical thing to think. Yes, which is in her character. He he goes, like, all the way out to the street, and she follows him all the way outside. And uh, as he approaches, or as she approaches him, the air around him begins to shimmer. And now the boy can talk, and he's like, stay back. But she's like, oh, this is a dream, whatever. And so she (laughs) ignores him, and she just, like, enters the swirling mist and then opens her eyes, and she's somewhere else. She's somewhere else. She's, yeah, she's no longer at home. She opens her eyes and she's in a green field with a dark forest on one side and a huge mountain on the other, on the other side. And then she notices the Harlequin boy is there too. Which apparently he's starting to look kind of cute. Yeah. And she does mention that he's totally cute, like <laughs> many times. She does. So, I, I mean, it's hard for me to imagine a sixth grade boy being cute, but whatever. You didn't think there were boys that were cute in your grade? Oh, I'm sure I did when I was in sixth grade. Okay. I, I was boy crazy since I was in like second grade. <laughs> So, which is weird because when I got into high school, I was like, ew, no. <laughs> no. I, I was just like, no, I'm not interested. But what, young me was super boy crazy. Yeah, me too. Yeah. it was. Well, weird. I was boy crazy up until, I mean. I mean, I had I got boy friends in high school. I just knew that they were kind of gross. <laughs> and I, because, because obviously once you get into high school, they're all about sex or whatever. And I True. was like, I was like, stop the shit. <laughs> I was like, I, I don't want to do hang that out. with you. I just want to hang out with you. Yeah. So, you know, that they started to, like, bug me a lot oh, yes, in I high see. school. But before then, when they were all innocent, yes, I loved boys. So I probably would have been super into this sixth grade boy doll. She's still thinking it's a dream at this point, yeah. right? Okay. It, I don't even remember when she finally comes to that it's not. But there's quite a bit of time that she's confused about it. But whatever. The boy introduces himself as Prince Adair. Yes, the the obnoxious prince. And I think that was kind of her clue as to like, wait, this isn't a dream because why would I put myself with such an obnoxious person? Like, <laughs> well, I should be able to control. Way, Elizabeth. Well, she thinks they do. And maybe he yanks her is. hair. He yanks her hair. Oh, maybe that's, that's right. it. I and couldn't remember. And she's like, ow, it's not supposed to hurt in dreams. What? Well, he, he's probably like, he's like fed up with her because she's oh, like, yeah. it's a dream. And he's like, no, you idiot. He has to keep not a dream. her. Um, but so he's Prince Adair. He tells them that they're in the Hidden Kingdom. Uh, Liz is still kind of skeptical, but uh, he's like, "Okay, bye then," and he <laughs> yeah. just like leaves. You don't and have she, to believe she's me. She's like, "Wait, <laughs> wait." You said I freed you from a spell, Elizabeth said as Adair resumed his pace. She was walking as fast as she could to keep up with him. If that's really true, then don't you owe me an explanation at least? Adair hesitated, casting her a sidelong glance. I suppose so, he muttered. Good, Elizabeth said, stopping to catch her breath. Reluctantly, Adair stopped too. Okay, first things first, Elizabeth said. Where are we? The Hidden Kingdom, Adair said, glancing over his shoulder again. The Hidden Kingdom? Great. Where's that? Somewhere in Europe? Where's Europe? You've never heard of Europe? 
Adair sighed. Never mind. I can't explain it, he said irritably. My brother Doran is the great student. All that stuff just bores me. All I know is that the Hidden Kingdom is, well, it's different from the other land. That's what we call your world. Different how? Elizabeth pressed. I don't know, but I do know that the only way into your world is through the labyrinth. Unless, of course, like my brother and me, you're placed there under some sort of evil spell. I wouldn't advise that, though. I mean, the labyrinth is bad enough. Being stuck forever in a doll body is not what I call a barrel of laughs. <laughs> so, he knows about their world. Mm -hmm. And he was placed there through an evil spell by someone named Medwin. I'm not crazy about that name. I'm going to be You don't honest. like Medwin? No! Wait, why does that bother you? I just... I don't know. I feel like it's kind of like a, I guess, a cop-out. You don't I mean, think it's a fantastical en enough name? No, I don't. <laughs> Sorry. I can't, I can't put my finger on it. I just, I feel like it's almost there, but it's not quite they there. They had a it lot of other really good names in this. Yes. So, which we will get to. Yes. So I guess this, if you compare it to the other names. I, I feel like if this is the wicked wizard that yeah. put a spell on you, Medwin just kind of sounds like the guy that works at the magic shop or... <laughs> So what do you? So what would you name him? I don't know. I'll have to think about that. But All right, would, next time I'm I'll come up with a better, come wicked up with a better wizard name. name. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll keep you to that. Hey, I can do it. <laughs> Apparently, Elizabeth was making too much noise with all her questions and badgering because they've attracted the attention of some creatures. Yes. That are called blood rats. And apparently, they're just like giant ROUSs or something. Yes. Yeah. That's I'll, essentially what they are. I thought so too. Yeah. Uh, and they begin howling and they take off, they run. Well, the people run, not the yes. blood rats. Well, they run after them. Yes. yes. They see They've the blood alerted. rats. They start howling. Elizabeth and Adair run right. off. And that's the end of chapter three. At the beginning of chapter four, we're back in Jessica's point of view, who's still in her room. So we're, we're meant to assume that these are happening at the same, same time. time. Yeah. yeah. So everything's happening at the same time. Although I don't know how they didn't run into each other. Oh, I guess she never leaves her room. Shut up, Allison. <laughs> the doll has already grown. And she's preventing him from leaving the room at all, blocking the door. There's already a shimmering cloud, but just like Elizabeth, Jessica doesn't listen to him and she disappears in this shimmering cloud along with him. But she appears in a grassy area near a stream. So kind of similar, but different. She asks as many questions as Elizabeth did, but unlike Adair, Prince Doran explains patiently. Yes, we get much more information with him. Yes. He explains, you know, that the riddle was answered and he was set free. He also explains that both dolls' riddles must be solved at the same time by two different people in different places in order to be set free. And so he didn't think he would ever get set free. Yeah, that's a pretty... Pretty tall order. Yeah. Yeah. He also explains that Medwin's a sorcerer who put a spell on them over a hundred years ago. So that was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And he tells her that the only way back home is through the labyrinth, which we already knew from Adair, but uh, that the guardian of the labyrinth will test her before she could pass. Oh, I can't wait for that. Yeah, that sounds exciting. But he also, he also talks about, too, the time there is different. Yes. So a hundred years in his world would have been what? Well, like one year, I think. No, it's the uh, other way around, right? Is it? Because one year said, there is a hundred years in our world. Yes, because he mentions that you know they'd been there for like an hour, but it was probably a week in her time. Yeah, 
and Jessica freaks out and is like, oh my God, I'm going to miss all my favorite TV shows. <laughs> what, 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 Days of Turmoil Days of was turmoil. the TV show. She panics right. about missing an episode of Days of Turmoil. See, when I hear these things about other lands, <laughs> other fantastical worlds, I immediately think, okay, why does their world work like that? I don't know. I want to know that stuff. I mean... And then I'm also like, okay, well, what's their source of light? Do they have a sun? No, they, they never. Planet? Ex- listen, you need to read some adult <laughs> fantasy novels if you I want that level things. of things. <laughs> Dorn promises to get her back home after he defeats Medwin. Right, right, because he he needs to to get his castle back. Because right now, neither he nor Adair can use magic. Because if they do, Medwin will know that they're back. Right. So, which brings us to Jessica complaining about her how she's still wearing her nightgown. <laughs> And Doran's like, well, you could just, like, magic yourself some uh, something to wear. And they find out that, like, everyone's got, like, some sort of innate magic that yes. they can make they things. Have different talents. I would want to know what my talent is. Well, I think they can all magic clothes because both Elizabeth and Jessica do it. So that's something that I think everyone can do, which kind of reminds me of the fairy rebel, how she could make herself mm-hmm. clothes. And you exactly. said you wanted that power. Yes. I, but th- I think they can make almost anything Mm -hmm. like which is super op i'm just saying (laughs) uh being able to make literally anything and all that happens to them is they get kind of tired yeah but i would imagine well i would imagine too if if it takes more concentration if you're working on something detailed it would probably tire you out more and they do tell her that she's got to do it like grand scale maybe that would tire you more right apparently you have to imagine it in super great detail in order for it to work out because Jessica makes starts by making like an outfit for herself that she saw in a magazine but then it ends up not having a back because she didn't know what the back looked like. That's right. So then she has to try again and she magics up like her favorite outfit that she remembers but it's like the material's wrong. It's like scratchy or yes. something. I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's very interesting. But I, I guess you could part. get really good at it soon. Yeah. It's it's kind of an interesting magic system but also way too overpowered as I said. <laughs> so it doesn't make Whatever. People can make anything. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) So her energy is drained from doing all the magic, and she's resting, and they hear sounds of a serpasaur. And not a blood rat. Nope. It's a serpasaur, just some kind of, like, giant snake-like creature. And Doran explains in detail what it is. (laughs) But she's like, what is that? And he's like, well, actually, let me tell you everything I know about the serpasaur. He's one of those well-actually people. Well-actually, yeah. (laughs) Uh, it comes towards them, and Je- Jessica panics, and she just grabs Doran, and they dive into the river. Which is a bad idea. Kind of a bad idea. Because, because serpasaurs can better in water. Yes. But she didn't know that. You know, she didn't know that when she did that. But no, Doran's like, oh, I could have told you. <laughs> uh, yeah, they swim really well. <laughs> so the chapter ends with the creature rushing towards them. It says that the creature leaps into the air. And it's pointed downwards towards Jessica. And I'm wondering, how does a giant snake leap into the air? Is it air? like a dolphin? Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. I okay. imagine I'm it's like, like a is dolphin it, Is it jump? kind of like falling off a cliff? <laughs> how did it get so high? It has no legs. How does a serpasaur leap? Maybe I could just, Google that. I'm pretty sure a serpasaur doesn't exist, Emma. <laughs> so you're probably not going to find anything. Again, I would, I would love to see illustrations in this book, too. That'd be nice, but this isn't... It's a little too old for illustrations. Too too high of a reading level for that. <laughs> so in chapter five, we're back to Elizabeth. She's also changed her clothes with magic. She's exhausted by the use of the magic, but they're still being pursued by blood rats, which is weird to me because 
like they make mention of how she can't run with bare feet, but yes, you can. And wouldn't it take more time to stop and figure out how to use this magic? Probably. Like, are they doing no, it while can, they're running? You can. She's running up a rocky mountain. You cannot do that barefoot. She's not used to that. She she lives in California. I mean, I'm not saying it would be easy, <laughs> but I don't know that trying to magic while you're running is easy either. But they don't explain it. She's got no. clothes. Well, my first note from chapter five is Elizabeth is being a bit whiny. I felt she was very whiny. I don't remember exactly what she said, but I think you're Just right. Just a lot of being she was tired and like, hey, can't we rest? Yeah. And he's like... No, we can't. Blood rats don't rest. Yeah. Even if they're that far behind us, they're not going to get tired. I I, I feel like this entire book, I'm just like Team Jessica all the way because Elizabeth was being super annoying and Jessica was actually like, take charge. Like she may have made a poor decision when she jumped into the river, but she's like, oh shit, we got to do something. Yeah. And she does something. Whereas, like, Elizabeth's just like, oh, what do we do? Oh, my God. We're still running. I'm so tired. I'm not going to choose teams yet. I'm not going to choose teams. I've already chosen a team. <laughs> I'm, I'm team Doran. I won't be the team I like Adair, girls. though. I like Doran. Well, that's fine. One for each of us. <laughs> there you go. Because, you know, Adair may not be, like, I don't know, I guess, as patient or kind, but he is not a bad guy. No, he's not. Honestly, though... I guess my more... What's the way to say this? Adair kind of syncs up with all the characters that I usually go for. Like the red-headed kid from yeah. uh, Captain Planet. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what a random... What a random... He was like my favorite. He was so fiery. And the same with Raphael from Teenage Mutant. Yeah, Earth. the ones that are I kind love of like the a ones jerk. with the attitude. Yeah, because they're fun. They're not fun, but... <laughs> I think they're fun. I, when they have... I mean, that's the kind I like, too. Well... I was thinking about dating sims, but I usually like the ones that have the, like, fiery personality or the ones that are, like, cold and mysterious. You know that they're so passionate. Yeah, Yeah. because inside. Yeah. But I don't like the ones like Doran, ever. I usually don't. They're boring. But but in this case, I think I'm I'm more Team Doran. I'm okay with him, but I'm Team Adair. Team Jessica and Adair. But they won't end up together. they won't. I, yeah, I did want to point out that when Elizabeth makes clothes, she's not as good at it. She's not as good at it as Jessica is. Well, because she doesn't know anything about clothes. <laughs> so I'm like, well, okay, her talent right. for magic is not in clothes. Right, because she can't imagine every stitch and thread because she has. She's not interested in clothes. Yeah, maybe she could make a a short story, a book, <laughs> <laughs> a book to throw at the blood rats. That's what she could do. <laughs> Adair yells at her to hurry up. He's telling her that they've got to reach the snow on the mountain in order to stop the blood rat because he thinks, but he's not sure because he doesn't read books like Doran does. That's right. He thinks that blood rats don't like snow. So, you know, they get cornered somehow, and Adair's afraid he's going to have to use magic to fight him because he's like, oh, God, what are we going to do? But Elizabeth's like, no, no, I got this. So she attempts to make a sword. (laughs) But all she could imagine was, like, a fake sword from a school play. So it's, like, made of made tin of foil, tin foil and, and cardboard. cardboard. So he's like, oh. It was so and good. It was you're so, so good. useless, Elizabeth. <laughs> so then I guess she uses her brains a little bit. And she makes a match. And he, Adair manages to make, like, a, a torch from a nearby branch with the match. Mm-hmm. And they keep the blood rats at bay mm-hmm. while they climb up the mountain. They see a cave up ahead, but they... They need the snow to remove the blood rat so they can get into it. So Elizabeth suggests they make an avalanche 
And I guess, I guess once again, because she's smart, she's yes. like, oh, avalanches have to start with a loud noise. So Adair's like, well, I got this. And he, like, stabs <laughs> a blood rat in the stomach with the torch, and it screams, and the avalanche starts. And it works. Just before it switches uh, back to Jessica's point of view, they have, like, Elizabeth getting grabbed by a rat. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that That's part. the other thing I hate about all the switching back and forth, because they switch right at the moment of action, which... That bothers you? That's yeah. a cliffhanger. It's in the middle of a chapter, though. <laughs> I'm sorry. I You're ruining your action by continuously, like every chapter, ending every amount of action in the middle so I can jump back to what Elizabeth or Jessica's doing or whoever. Well, what better way? I'm, I'm trying to think, like, how would you structure this story, though? I, I mean, do, you're, you're trying. I would definitely do one chapter per person, probably. Okay. Like, that's fine, but I, I You don't like it when it happens, like, in the same chapter where you're looking at yes. different perspectives. Okay. Yes. Because when we go back to Jessica, she's in the midst of being attacked by the Serpasaur. So it's like, I guess they're doing it to, like, show that they're going through the exact same things. Oh, it's like this special twin bond. Things happen to them at the exact same time. But as short as it is, I had already forgotten what Jessica was doing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I just yeah. don't, I don't like it. I think it feels really disjointed mm. and it's not, I'm not into it. I'm sorry. Wait, what's your name? Jamie. Is it Jamie? Jamie, Suzanne. I'm sorry. I don't Jamie like your Suzanne. writing style. Jessica's being attacked by a Serpasaur and a silver spear comes up and stabs it from underneath the water. Which I'm assuming is not Doran. No. No, because he's like I. I don't even know if they mentioned where he is. I don't run. I didn't write that down. So I don't know. He's somewhere. Uh, but it turns out that the spear belongs to a female mermaid, which they call Mermanon. Is that how you pronounce it, Mermanon? How did you <laughs> Mermanon? Mermanon makes more sense. No, that makes Mermanon. I kept saying Mermanon and thinking how stupid it sounded, but Mermanon sounds Mermanon? Way better. Okay, yeah, that's we'll what go we're with gonna Mermanon. go with. It's Mermanon. Okay. Um, the Mermanon is a female, and she's got green hair, and she stabbed the monster, and more of them appear. They tell Jessica that they don't have permission from the great Marilantha to be in her realms, and they need to leave. Um, Jessica says some rude things. I don't know what. I just wrote down she said some rude yeah, things. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she does. You know, it's just Jessica. I can't remember what they are, but yeah. very much not like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm new here. Yeah. I don't know your world. No. Very she, much like, who's that? And what that? Yeah, something like, I don't we even were just, know who that is. We were just trying to <laughs> yeah. get out of here. I don't know what she says. Doran smooths it over. Uh, and when they find out that he's Prince Doran, they're like, oh, well, you've got to go see the queen. And he's mm-hmm. like, uh, I don't really have time. Right. And they're like, no, you have to. You have to. Where is this person? Jessica asked in a whisper. At the bottom of the lake, Doran whispered back. What do you mean at the bottom of the lake? Just that, Doran said impatiently. The city of the Myrmanons is located at the bottom of this lake, so far down that it's invisible from the surface. Except at night, that is. Sometimes then you can see the twinkling lights of the city. Excuse me, Jessica said, giving Moralia her most winning smile. But I can't breathe underwater. Maybe around here that's not a problem, but back where I come from, breathing is considered pretty important. I'll just be running along. She began to paddle away toward the shore, but two Myrmanons immediately blocked her way. We have a way to transport you safely, Moralia said. Two bubblefish have already been summoned. Bubblefish? Jessica echoed nervously. I'm not sure I like the sound of that. They are here, Moralia said. A thin, almost transparent snout appeared in the water beside Jessica. 
It was attached to a long, slimy body that reminded Jessica of a twisted-up plastic bag. Slowly, the fish began sucking in air through its snout. Its body began to expand like a balloon. Soon, it had transformed into a big, transparent bubble of air topped off by a grinning snout. Then, to Jessica's horror, the bubblefish opened its mouth wide. Climb in, Moralia instructed curtly. I like the description of the bubblefish. I did too. I thought it was very detailed. Yeah, it was pretty good for, for Jamie Suzanne. She's got her descriptions down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In chapter six, we're back to Elizabeth. She's still in the clutches of the blood rat. In case you forgot. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> we switched back and we forth. switched back and forth so many times. And the avalanche is moving towards them. Adair clicks, kicks the blood rat off of her, and they run towards the cave. They're they're kind of, like, not sure that they're going to be able to make it through the avalanche, but somehow, like, miraculously, they do. they do. Adair decides he wants to explore the cave. Elizabeth insists on going with him. They find some, like, furs with which they could, like, sleep in. While they're walking around, Adair explains that blood rats are Medwin's creatures, and that he basically like engineered them with magic. Yes. So he it's found kind of, some harmless normal animals in yeah, the forest and made them into bloodsucker monster things. Monster thingy. Yeah. So so we get more of like a taste that Medwin is like some mad sorcerer. Not a cool dude. Not a cool dude. They find a place to sleep in the cave and they make plans to dig themselves out in the morning. The next morning, when Elizabeth w- awakes, she thinks she's in a dream again. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, girl. It's yeah. no dream. No. No, girl. <laughs> it's no dream. Uh, Adair make, wakes up, and Elizabeth magics some breakfast. She makes some breakfast with her mind magic. Yes, this reminded me of Hook, and I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to be able to make food with my magic. I don't know if I'd be any good at it. Maybe, maybe like, desserts. I'm good at desserts. I, I mean, if you can imagine something really well, like, think about your favorite food. Like, I could make popcorn real well, <laughs> because if, if I'm thinking about it in my head, I could think about, like, the exact kind I like. Like, I don't know how it would turn out, but all I, I, I guess all you can imagine is, like, how it smells, mm-hmm. how it looks. The texture. How it tastes. And is the it texture. going to melt in your mouth yep. when you're, okay, let's go get some popcorn after this. Man, I wish. <laughs> Well, one thing I want to mention, I think this is a great point, or a great part, too. I would be heartbroken if it turned out that I wasn't good at magic. <laughs> if I ended up in this land, and I tried, and I failed, I would be really sad. I'd be sad, but I wouldn't be surprised, because I'm not very good <laughs> at anything. That's not true. <laughs> I find that, that there's a true. lot of things in real life that I want to be good at that I'm not good at, so I'd just be like, oh, another, another thing. Another thing. Another thing I'm not good at. Good job, Allison. You also can't dance. <laughs> Uh, what else can't you do? Everything. So, no. you know. No. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, as a child, magic was my life, and I truly believed in it. So if I showed up into another world and I was not good at it, it would wreck It would wreck me. I would probably just find a cave to crawl in and die. <laughs> well, I think that they kind of, like, describe this magic as something that you just need to, like, work at. So, okay, so there's a chance, even if you're bad at it. I think there's a chance, it. because all, it really it relies on your power of imagination. Yeah. So you just need to, like, practice getting better at visualizing something, because that's literally all that it takes. I could do that. I think I could do that with desserts. I'd be really <laughs> good with, like, chocolate cakes, key lime pies. <laughs> but I'll, but I, I don't remember when in the book they mention it, but at some point, it might be at this point, that, that uh, Adair mentioned something like, 
that it's actually more work to do the magic a lot of times than just yes. to make it. Yes. Because it like wears you out and it takes you like a lot of people a just, lot of effort. Yeah, a lot so of people just don't do, do the thing yeah. rather than it's make easier the magic. to cook bacon than to magic bacon. <laughs> right. is, I guess is what they're saying. Yes. <laughs> Adair is like. I don't know, ashamed from having worn the same outfit like two days in a row. Oh, yeah. Even though I'm like, no one's seen you. So whatever. <laughs> so then Elizabeth says, I could try to make you some clothes, Elizabeth offered. Of course, I might die of exhaustion in the process. Adair held up his hands. No, thanks. I've seen the kind of clothes you're capable of creating. <laughs> Too bad Jessica isn't here. She's really into fashion. Saying Jessica's name aloud suddenly brought back a flood of memories. Elizabeth's cheeks colored as she thought back to the terrible things she and Jessica had said to each other when they'd exchanged gifts. She wondered how much of time had passed back in Sweet Valley. What could Jessica possibly think about Elizabeth's sudden disappearance? Jessica? Your sister? My twin, just like you and... What was his name again? Doran. Adair sighed. I wonder if he's gotten through all this okay. I'd hate to think... His voice trailed off. Do you think he's back here in the Hidden Kingdom? He has to be. Medwin's spell has to be undone at the same time for each of us. Doran must have returned to the spot where Medwin exiled him just like I did. For the first time, a frightening thought occurred to Elizabeth. Do you think Jessica might have been caught up in the vortex the same way that I was? Could be. Is she like you? The kind of person who rushes into the middle of things without knowing what she's getting herself into? Elizabeth nodded glumly. More so. Jessica's usually the headstrong one. Then I wouldn't be all that surprised if she's here traveling with my brother. If that were true, Elizabeth realized with a shock that Jessica could be in as much danger as she and Adair were. Perhaps more. Maybe she had run into blood rats too. Maybe. Maybe she and Doran hadn't been so lucky. Elizabeth starts to feel bad about her fight with Jessica and she tells Adair about it. Like, oh, I'm feeling guilty. Adair's like nonchalant saying that him and Doran fight all the time because Doran's a dirty rule follower. <laughs> That's essentially what it is. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we fight all the time because, you know, like, Dora just likes to follow the rules. And Elizabeth's offended at this. She's like, what's wrong with following the rules? And he's like, nothing. But, you know, he explains that they have to rule together. Right. But that they take on different things, which actually makes it perfect because Doran takes on all the, uh, like, making laws and stuff like that. The and boring just those, stuff. Yeah. And uh, Adair does, like, the parties and the yeah. festivals. <laughs> and he also organizes the army yeah so it's i think it's a great relationship it's that i mean yeah it sounds good except for the fact that he kind of talks about how medwin took over and it mm. basically just sounded like they were he just walked both in. Out, yeah, that yeah they were both no. out of the castle and medwin just walked in and suddenly he's on the throne literally that's exactly <laughs> and i wrote that down too uh hang on wait Oh, Elizabeth asked how Medwin got control, and basically Medwin just waited for both brothers to be away from home and walked in and took it. Yeah. That's exactly what I wrote. So how does that work? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, were they not aware of him as a threat? I feel like they were. How could they not be aware? Were they not aware that he was They a were not aware. Just I would say they were not aware. Walk into the castle. Nobody's no. there. Whoops, yeah. it's mine. Yep, pretty much. And they don't, they don't go into any sort of detail. Yeah. It's just like he walked in and... Took the, it. the brothers weren't there. I'm assuming he killed their army. I guess. Well, that's a crap army. <laughs> yeah, Adair needs to work harder <laughs> yeah. at training his army. <laughs> well, so I guess, but like before they try to go back and fight him and they lose to his magical powers because he's all powerful. I made a note <laughs> here that's kind of random. 
great-grandmother Samantha once covered Adair's doll face with lipstick. And oh, he was yeah. super humiliated. Oh, yeah. I love that part. <laughs> I thought that was That was a funny. cute little extra. Yeah. Yeah. He was talking about, like, he was disparaged about his time as a doll and he was like yeah what's your like great grandmother like put lipstick on me and i was so humiliated and i'm like yeah um i never did that with my dolls honestly though i didn't have that many dolls no i had a lot of friends that like would cut their barbie's hair and like draw makeup on them i never did that yeah i had lots of dolls but i didn't i took very good care of them <laughs> i imagine you did i did to, in order to get out of the cave they decide to have Elizabeth magic up some matches to melt the snow in the front mm-hmm. so they can get out because the mouth of the cave is covered by snow, obviously. So they do it. It works. They climb out of the cave. Um, and they get to the to the edge of the cliff and they have a tender moment, which is so random to me because Elizabeth's out there, like, enjoying the view and also thinking about Jessica. And, like, Adair just comes up and, like, holds her hand. I agree. This was very random. And I was like, wait. Wait, what? Why are you? I'd be like... I feel like, I don't know you. But she doesn't. No. She intertwines her fingers yes. with his. And I'm like, they didn't really have that much of a touching moment in the cave. Like, they have conversations. But none of them are very personal. It's it's mostly just like, he explained what happened to him. He explained his relationship with his twin. She explained her, her relationship with her twin. But they don't have like a... I don't, I don't know. feel like whatever moment they have is not enough for them to like have bonded. Um, I don't know, because when she does talk about her troubles with Jessica or the things that have happened with her and Jessica, I feel like he's actually listening to her, though. And I don't think that's usually typical with a fiery character like this. I guess. I, it's but, too you know, soon. Uh, Blood Rats, that was a, a crazy, intense oh, moment. Oh, they got through a dangerous time together. <laughs> usually after that, the bond is just immediate oh apparently that's what it, what it is because they're holding hands yeah. on the mountainside i'm waiting for the point where he's wounded and then she takes on like a mother role and takes <laughs> care of him because that's another thing that you see in stories where that's true especially with the guy who's like hot-headed or whatever yes well okay the chapter ends with them holding hands good for them <laughs> <laughs> chapter seven we're back to jessica she's in the bubble fish in case you forgot the cute little <laughs> bubble fish right it is pretty cute um, if Jessica's so adventurous, then why is she resisting everything that's happening? Like, that's a good question. She's like, I don't want to get this bubblefish. I don't want to go underwater. I don't want to meet these people. Like, she's kind of being a bitch here. Yeah. I wonder if she's got a thing against water. Do we know? Have mm. there been other books where, like, she has fear of water? No, I don't think so. Mm. They descend underwater, and it gets darker. Jessica freaks out a bit, but then they see the lights of the city. The city is called Zerasharb. Zerasharb. The city of Mermanons. <laughs> Okay, quick question. Do you think the Myrmidons look like mermaids, or do they have yeah. more more scales than a mermaid does, like more of a fish body rather than... No, Do you they, think they're half and half? I think they describe it as being half and half. Okay. I'm almost positive they do. Okay. But they never make mention of mermaid. They never be like, oh, they're like mermaids. I know, that's why I... So, I mean, I mean, there is a description of them in the book. I just didn't read it that carefully, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. But I thought I thought they were just like mermaids. If I could draw... I would illustrate everybody in this book. Oh, yeah. I can't draw either. There's another thing I can't do. I can't magic. I, would, I can't dance. I, would, I can't draw. Well, definitely if, if I were magicking, it would not be... Drawing would not be my strong suit in magicking. It would just be desserts. <laughs> <laughs> and how helpful is that? Kind of helpful. You could, you could help a dare with the parties. There you go. You could magic up some, some fancy centerpiece desserts. So they're in Zerasharb. 
the city's beautiful. The description shows it like being made of like jewel-colored glass. The mm-hmm. description's really nice. Mm-hmm. Once again, um, they reach Marilantha's palace. That's the queen. Mm-hmm. Jessica's told not to speak unless spoken to. The queen turns out to be kind of a bee. Yeah, yeah, well, you gotta be. Marilantha turned her attention back to Jessica and Doran. You look familiar, she told Doran. Doran smiled. I am Doran, Prince of the Hidden Kingdom. Prince of the surface realms of the Hidden Kingdom, Marilantha corrected. And right now, Prince of very little. You are aware that Medwin rules your kingdom? Doran nodded gravely. Not for long. My brother Adair and I are the legitimate rulers. Marilantha made a snoring sound. <laughs> Adair? <laughs> irresponsible child, and you, Doran, are bookish and self-righteous, not to mention overly cautious. She shook her head, and her long golden hair drifted back and forth like seaweed in the tide. How I miss your father, she exclaimed. Now there was a real king. I was proud to be his ally. Doran's face grew dark with anger. I too miss my father, he said hotly. Marilantha turned her attention to Jessica. Why are you traveling with this strange-looking old woman? (laughs) I am not an old woman. Jessica protested. Your face is young, but you have the golden hair of old age, Marilantha said, running one hand through her own hair. Well, where I come from, old people have gray hair, not blonde, Jessica explained. And no one has green hair, at least not unless they use way too much mousse. (laughs) I thought that was funny. I did too. I did like that mousse comment. (laughs) And I'm like, mousse doesn't turn your hair gray, does it? Green? I don't think Maybe it if does. you're a blonde, it does? Maybe. Because I know, like, blondes can't have chlorine in their hair or it turns green, so I don't know. Does anyone use mousse these days? Yes. But mousse is different these days. I guess. Curly, uh, curly texture works good with a mousse, but you want to have, like, kind of <laughs> a cream-based because the mousse can get crunchy. So hair yes. lessons with Emma. <laughs> yes. She is a hair person. I am a hair person. Marilantha considers them, and she decides that she's going to turn them into Medwin. That's what she says. She's like, keep them here until the sun rises, and then turn them over to Medwin. And Jessica panics, but Doran's like, nah, she's not going to do it. Yeah. And the queen's like, why do you say that? And he's he uses his superior history power <laughs> to uh, remind her that Medwin killed her sister long ago, and she wouldn't want to help her. And so she's like, oh, yeah, you're, you're right. right. I, was, I was testing you. So here we find out. That Medwin is very old, has been around for a while. Yeah. So they knew that Medwin was a threat. No. And no? Just okay. wait and see. Okay. We can talk about it. Okay. I think it happens in the next chapter. But okay. there's, that is a con- point of contention. I think that they did not know. Okay. Um, I mean, I guess, it, I guess it's been a while, so maybe they did not. But I know, mean, like, he, he murdered her sister. Yeah, but I don't know when that was. So at least at that point they knew, okay, yeah. this guy, we can't trust this guy. Right. I need a history. A history of the Hidden Kingdom. <laughs> we Someone need needs history. to write that. We need a timeline, <laughs> just like always. Timeline, maps, illustrations. Yes. <laughs> so Marilantha tells them that they're not strong enough to defeat Medwin, but sure, go ahead and try, because she doesn't care. You know, she's just like, your problems are not my problems. Exactly, because they live underwater. Their yeah. environment is closed off yeah. to the outside world. Although, I think... Uh, I think Doran does say eventually he'll, he might come for you. So That's true. He did whatever. say that. But she doesn't seem concerned right now anyway. He'll pollute your waters and all kinds of stuff. They're informed that Medwin's going to be having a great party at the castle the next day and so that that would be like a good time to break in mm-hmm. so that's kind of what they plan to do 
They spend the night there and plan to leave in the morning. Uh, the next morning, the Queen's guard, Moralia, comes back and she's like, I got a gift from the Queen. And it's a golden key. It's a key. I love keys what, and stories. Emeralds in it? Emeralds, Emeralds yeah. in this one. She says Jessica will need to, quote unquote, do what the prince cannot. And she can't tell him about it. And that she will know when to use it. I was it. about to say, and she's got that vague yeah, dis- that you'll know direction. when the time is right. And <laughs> I'm like, I'd it. be like, nah, bro. <laughs> Just tell me what I'm supposed well, to do I mean, with it. obviously, I mean, I guess they don't know. Or do they? But they knew enough to know that she, she needed to have it. Right. So I don't know. Which is another reason why I didn't understand why, like, Marilantha was being such such a bitch to them. Because, obviously, there's some kind of prophecy that she knew about. Is there a prophecy? Well, they don't say the word prophecy, but this key is meant for someone. Right. And it's got like How long a... How has it been there? I don't know. I have so many questions. Maybe they explain it later. I honestly can't remember. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't explain it because this book doesn't explain a lot of stuff. She, she just knows that she can't tell Doran about it and that she can't let Medwin have so it. So she puts it in her pocket. Yeah. That's a super safe place. I just... Uh, yeah, I'm like, what kind of jeans are you wearing? Because... <laughs> I hope they're tight. jeans, yeah. Well, tight it up no. that no one could see the outline, but that it'll hold them in. Yeah, and don't sit down because sometimes... They'll things flip out. <laughs> yep, I know. Damn, Jessica. Dorna wakes then, decides it's time to go. They find out that Elizabeth and Adair have been spotted on their way to the castle yes. as well. Uh, so... This is the first time where... Yeah, that they knew that they were there. Yeah. As they leave, they... Jessica and Dorn have their tender moment... <laughs> I didn't write down what it was. Yeah, I'm like, wait, what was it? I don't know. <laughs> what was it? I wrote, I mean, I just think it's like, I don't know if they held hands or whatever, but they, they also have their like, oh, we're having feelings for each other moment. I mean, I guess I can look at it. I up. think it was more that he was saying things like, oh, I think, doesn't he say she's beautiful or something? Hang on. Hang on. Now I got to find out. With her old lady hair. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're leaving, and Jessica is talking about Marilantha, or Moralia, I don't remember which one. And she says, I'm going to miss her. She's not so bad once you get to know her. Even her green hair was pretty cool. She turned to Doran with a mischievous smile. I wonder how I would look with green hair. But your hair is already beautiful, Doran protested. It's like spun gold. Suddenly he looked away, his cheeks flaming. Jessica felt her own face burn, too. Thanks, she said quietly. (laughs) He thinks she's beautiful. <laughs> so they don't have like a hand-holding moment. Yeah. They ain't moving as fast. No. He's, he takes his time. He's obviously... He's sensible. Yes, because he's blushing. He's, he's obviously like... He's the Mr. Darcy type. <laughs> Mr. Darcy was not blushing. No. Definitely not. Oh, at the end of this chapter, they get to the surface and they find a unicorn. Oh, yeah, the unicorn. And that's Jessica's favorite. Yes. Jessica loves unicorns. Does she, she, wait, does she? Un- yeah, she has the unicorn club. And it's oh, because she's duh. obsessed with unicorns. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was like... That's a, that's a character thing that you would know if you had okay. read any of these. She loves unicorns. She loves unicorns. So she's just freaking out right now. She likes now. unicorns in the color purple. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's that's Jessica's... The amount of Jessica's what, things. What's Elizabeth's favorite animal? Does she have one? I don't know. You just don't care about Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> oh my gosh. I usually found that Elizabeth's stories were more boring. Well, now I want to read some of them so I can be like, not true, Allison. <laughs> it's weird because I feel like I'm the only one that felt that way because I've gone back in time some and and read, read some people's like blogs about, you know, their feelings about Sweet Valley. And I feel like everyone like relates to Elizabeth a lot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're supposed to. Right. 
But I just found her boring and annoying. I just never liked her. And, like, I don't relate to Jessica because I was never the popular girl or whatever either. But she's just more interesting to me. Mm. She's got more personality. I get it. I don't know. Yeah. So, for our last chapter for the first part, uh, we're back to Elizabeth. And they're on their way to see an old wise man named Toramon who lives at the top of the mountain. Toramon! And... Adair uh, remembers him based purely upon a riddle he knew as a kid. Oh, yeah, the nursery rhyme. I will share it with you. Please do. Three wise ones can be found, my child, on mountain, sea, and land. And should you need to know what's right, they'll lend a helping hand. Climb high up to the clouds, my child, where winds blow cold and strong, and there you will find old Toramon. He'll tell you right from wrong. Dive deep into the sea, my child, with waters black as night. Old Marilantha rules the deep. She'll tell you wrong from right. Go far into the woods, my child, where magic sings its song. Where Medwin lives among the trees, he'll tell you right from wrong. So Medwin used to be good. Uh... Really? That's what it says. I don't know. You think he never was? I don't know. I don't know enough about his character yet. I feel like he must have... I Honestly, I could tell you with... I That I don't remember. So okay. I can just go... I'm having like amnesia from what happens. but I, So I don't know if they ever give too many details. But I just kind of feel like he was good and then he went bad. And so I don't think he was secretly always evil. I mean, the whole, like, good wizard turning bad or good king turning bad or whatever is a trope. So. It is. And it's mm-hmm. usually, like, um, caused by loss of love or... Something. Something like that. Or just, you know, deciding you want power. Getting too powerful. Elizabeth wants them to turn back because after she read the riddle, she's like, oh, wait, is this guy turned evil too and we don't know about it? Oh, yeah. She's, like, untrusting of this Toramon fellow. But uh, Adair's like, no, it's too late. He already knows that they're coming. And Adair explains that he thinks the old man helped him get through the avalanche. Right. Because they made a miraculous escape and they felt like the avalanche was moving just slow enough for them to dive into the cave before it collapsed. Right. And so he's like, I think he helped us with that. And the furs in the cave, he thinks. Yeah, the furs in the cave, too. And so he's like, no, the Toramon already knows. He sees far or whatever. So they reach the top. The old man's there. He's like a weird mix between like Yoda and Gandalf. I know. I'm like, I, I love this character in you stories. Do? I absolutely the, do. The like crazy old wizard guy? Yes. What's yes. weird about it is that like they keep acting like he's talking nonsense, but he's not. He's not. I Everything understood he says every, makes total sense. He just repeats himself. Yeah. That's it. He does like, the little like repeating thing. Yeah. A lot of old people do that. And so it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. They're like, oh, what's this gibberish you're talking? And I'm like, he's speaking English. Just listen to him. <laughs> I'm like, come on. Um, the old man kind of like taunts Dare for being like a nursery yeah. rhyme guy or something. He's like, oh, nursery rhyme prince. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and it makes him mad. And Adair wants to leave. But Elizabeth's like, no, nah, we're going to get some information from him. Elizabeth confirms that Tormund did indeed help them on the mountain. Before they talk, Tormund's like, no, we've got to have tea. And the tea is amazing. Oh, yes. It's like drinking a cup of ro- of flower petals which to me <laughs> doesn't sound gross yeah it doesn't sound appetizing at all but elizabeth describes it in a very like this is the most amazing thing i've ever had yeah dare tries to get info out of Toramon, but he's frustrated because dare's dumb and doesn't understand simple words just tell me straight man <laughs> yeah and i'm like just listen dare <laughs> 
But it also turns out Elizabeth's dumb, too, because she doesn't instantly get simple stuff the man is saying. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth turned back to the old man. Torment, when you look down from this mountain, can you see someone who looks like me? She asked, hopefully. Torment looked at her thoughtfully. Like him, like you, but neither like either. Two are the same, but not alike. They rise from Zerasharp, from Marilantha's throne, and go on the same mission, but different path and different heart. Elizabeth was starting to get impatient herself. It would be nice to get at least one straight answer from Tormund. But she tried as hard as she could to focus on his words. Like him? Like me? Do you mean that there's someone who looks just like Adair traveling with someone who looks just like me? Tormund tapped his forehead with his finger. A clever, thoughtful girl from the other land. She listens, hears, hears and listens. Adair rolled his eyes. But neither like either, two are the same, but not alike, Elizabeth repeated. You must mean that Dorne is not like Adair, and I am not like Jessica. But, she paused for a moment, frowning, two are the same, but not alike. You mean that I'm sort of like Doran and Adair is like Jessica, but obviously there are still differences. Tormund clapped his hands gleefully. Clever, clever girl from Sweet Valley, Sweet, Sweet Valley. <laughs> ha, come on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this entire thing is like, uh, it's plain as day what he's saying. Why do you even need to be like, um, let me figure this out. Right, because Adair, she and Adair have already had the discussion yes. that Jessica and Doran are probably here. So, yes. duh. Yes, <laughs> and they've already also had the discussion about how their twins are not the same. Right. Like, uh, that Adair had a discussion <laughs> in the cave. <laughs> so annoying. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the author really wanted Tormund to have a lot of dialogue, but I feel like there was... I think she wanted to have some kind of, like, riddle for Elizabeth to solve, but she couldn't come up with a good one, so here nah. it is. No, there needed to be a better one. It's, yeah, the whole thing is real annoying because they're they're both just like, oh, God, speak English, man. And I'm like, you guys are morons. Also, too, well, I don't know what kind of books Elizabeth reads, but if I were in this instance, I know that character. So I would have more, I mean, I say I would, but I would think I'd have more patience with this character because you yes. know it. Yes. You know what it is. You just have to listen. Maybe she, she doesn't read. She obviously doesn't read <laughs> fantasy novels. What do you think she reads? Stupid nonfiction. Historical nonfiction. It's nonfiction. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I, they probably mention her favorite book somewhere. You know what? I'm Googling it. Okay. What is Elizabeth Wakefield's favorite okay. book? Well, while you're doing that, yes. I just want to talk about Tormund's Stone Cottage and how I want to live there. <laughs> uh, this is my on getaway. On the top of a mountain? Yes, away from people, but you can see everything. No, this is absolutely the character that I would want to be. Save it for if next time. If it's not on the first like couple <laughs> you give up. things, I'll figure it out. Okay. I'll figure it out. Someone knows everything about Elizabeth Wakefield. I'll figure it out. Anyway, so Tormund offers to let Elizabeth see what he sees. Oh, yes. And she sees everything. And it's, yeah, it's a wham-bam. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of creepy, but yeah. she, she seems excited about it. She's describing, like, all the she, things she's seeing, and Dara's like, no, like, what do you see inside the castle, woman? Because this is what we need to worry about. <laughs> I need you to be helpful to me yeah. and not... Quit telling me about things we've already seen, because she's like, oh, I see Elizabeth, or I see Jessica, and we're like, yeah, we know. Yes, as dummy. the audience, we know. He's like, no, woman, what do you see in the castle? And she's like, oh, I see, you know, that there's a ball, and, you know, it's happening tonight, and... Tormon confirms, yeah, we all know about the ball. <laughs> Silly nursery rhyme prince. Silly nursery rhyme prince didn't know a ball was happening. 
Right, because I think he mentioned something about it being an annual thing or like a uh, festival celebrating something. I guess. I don't know. I, I didn't write find out about in the. You would find that out if you read the history of the Hidden Kingdom. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> but I'm not Doran. Apparently, I'm Jessica. Or a dare. I want to be a dare. Okay. I'm a dare. Okay. A dare knows that obviously during a ball is a good time to break in, but the day has already started, so they're like, we got to hurry. Oh, yeah. Because Doran they're... and Elizabeth are already, or Doran and Jessica are already headed that way right and see this is where we need a map because i'm like okay well they're on the mountain how far away is the castle and what i have what do they have to get through to get to literally don't know (sighs) we need a map so they leave the mountain oh wait no before they leave most important part yes as elizabeth's leaving Tormund gives her a gold key with rubies so he's got a key he's got a key gee i wonder who has the last key i was about to say (laughs) so if he's got a key and marilantha has a key yep then Medwin has to have of a course. key. They're the three old, so wise... Somehow they're going to have to get it from <gasps> But if they've got two keys, that has to outweigh one, unless that one is like... We don't know what the like, keys do. Like, we, we don't, literally still, don't know. Well, keys open doors, Alice. Well, God. <laughs> of course they do. They can't yes. do anything but else. This key, this key is slightly different in that it has rubies on it rather yeah. than emeralds. Yep. And she, just like her sister, puts it in her pocket. And gosh, I hope those pockets are deep. <laughs> I don't remember well, what don't kind of clothes she magics for herself, so I don't know. You just don't remember anything about <laughs> I'll be honest. Do you feel like the author favors Jessica? She gives a lot more detail about Jessica. Yes, I do. In this one, I feel, I feel like in this book, particularly, that Elizabeth is painted in a poor light and... Jessica gets a lot more. I mean, we know what Jessica's favorite soap opera is, and yeah. we don't know much about Elizabeth in this. Well, I didn't write it down because Elizabeth bores me. So. Well, I, they did not mention <laughs> her favorite soap opera. No. She's not the type. She doesn't watch soap <laughs> operas, Emma. She reads books, but we don't know her favorite book. <laughs> so they leave the mountain, and they head into a forest. I guess they have to go through the forest to is get this there. Medwin's forest? I'm assuming. Ooh. I don't know. It so, could, it uh, could what's be, the forest in the Princess Bride? Uh, the the fire swamp. The fire swamp. Yes. So it's not really a forest, but yeah, there's yeah. ROUSs in there. Yeah, just like in this one, <laughs> but there's no quicksand that we know of. Well, so Adair's actually kind of like pissed that Doran's gonna get there first. Oh yeah, <laughs> he makes like a comment that he's like, "Man, I can't let like Doran get there and defeat Medwin before me." And Elizabeth's like, "What?" And then he's like, "Oh, I just mean like you know we should do it together." <laughs> Something. Well, he said some. He said that he didn't want him to face Medwin alone and possibly die. Yeah, but he also made. He also you legit says he's going to take all the credit. Like, he, no, he says that. Does he? Hang on, okay. let me find it for you. Is Dorn the type to take all the credit though? I feel like he wouldn't though. I don't know. I don't know. It will be interesting to see these brothers interact because you know you've got an idea of what each one is without the other, and then when you bring that dynamic in. I wonder how it's going to change. Now he's certain to reach the castle before me. He'll be the one who will have the honor of defeating Medwin. Mm. So I guess that's what he says. He doesn't say he's going to take the credit, but he's yeah. like, he's he says he will defeat him, and then he's like, oh wait, but I don't want. It's because I don't want him to get killed. Oh, but only after he gets called out for being a, a douche. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't even know if Adair thinks that Doran can defeat him. That's what he says. So I guess he has imperfect thoughts. <laughs> he wants the honor of defeating Medwin. Whatever. What makes him think that they can defeat him? They didn't the last time. I have no idea. 
Because we don't know anything about the last fight. No, so we, we don't, don't know why they didn't defeat him. And they don't know, we don't know how they got defeated. We don't know what they tried to do. We don't know if they had an army behind them. We don't know anything. I'm, and I wonder why they weren't given the keys. Why were the girls given the keys? That I think they will explain. Okay. Once again, I don't remember enough to tell you. Okay. But I think that they will explain that. So they, as they're in this forest, they reach a dead-end path, which leads to a steep drop-off. Yeah. And this is where Adair's lack of knowledge kind of ruins them. Because he's like, oh, man, I haven't studied the maps. I don't know oh, how to get out of here. They should have asked for directions. They should have asked for But he's a man. <laughs> Well, even if they had gotten directions from Tormund, would they even have, have remembered it? Yeah. They would have been they would have been like, oh, this man doesn't make sense. Forget <laughs> it. Let's just go. So they're lost. They're at a dead end cliff. Um, Adair's pissed, but he decides they have no time to go back. So they have to do leaf sailing. <laughs> which is essentially yes. like the trees around them have like really big leaves that I guess are big enough for people to sit on. Yeah, like ten times their size. Right. And so they I don't know, jerry-rig this thing where they are basically like hang gliding with a leaf or something. And, you know, Elizabeth's like, whoa, this sounds stupid. We're going to die. But they do it. And then you... And well, then in the scene. Yeah, the chapter ends with them jumping off the cliff. And then that's, the, that's it. Oh. And then that's where we had to stop for part one. Yeah. So, so Emma. Yes. What are your thoughts of uh, Magic Christmas so far? I absolutely love this book. Oh, I love this book. I am actually kind of sad that it was not in my childhood, that I went without reading this Aww. book. I know. Like, oh my gosh, there's a little bit of grief and mourning. It's oh, like, oh, I, I wish I had known you. Book. I know. Because I could have shared all oh of my, my favorite gosh. books with you. No, I love this book. I'm going to buy it. I haven't looked on eBay for it, but well, hopefully it's there. I'll have to. I have to find the name of it because I actually got it on this website that uh, sells used books, and it was only like, like I think if you find it on Amazon, people are going to overcharge. Right. But this one, I think I got it for like ten bucks or less. Okay. Which for an old out of print book is pretty good. Yeah. And it's in decent quality because my original copy is gone. I don't know what happened to it. Just like your dolls. I think my sister <laughs> took it, remember? Because she claims it was hers. And now she claims she doesn't have it. But I'm not sure I believe you, Heather. I'm not sure I believe you. Uh, I had to rebuy it. So I bought okay. it on this website. I got to go back and find it. It was, it was a book that... It's probably where we're going to end up getting a lot of our old books that we don't still have copies of. Yeah. Because you can get old books here, and I will definitely pimp them out when I... When I remember what the name yes. of it is next time. Yeah, no, I, lo- I absolutely love this story. And I, and I kind of wanted to look up, okay, so what's this whole genre that I love where people are traveling to another world? It's called Fish Out of Water. Is that what it's called? Yes. Okay, because one thing that I found was called Portal Fantasy. Oh, that's, that's probably a better one. Yeah. When I was young, I knew that it was Fish Out of Water, and that's my favorite genre it's of fantasy, my too. my favorite. Me, too. It, well, oh, God, girl. I got some good <laughs> books for us to read. Then. Well, I feel like that kind of start for me, that started with Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. That, yeah. I mean, I figure most people's well, I got to look up Portal Fantasy now. Maybe that's like the new, oh. the new sophisticated Oh, there's term already books it. that I've looked up, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to read this. This sounds amazing. Magicians is actually considered a portal fantasy. Yeah. Because they're in, they're like regular people that are in another world, oh, yeah, even they though go, they don't yeah, necessarily the Narnia go. type stuff. Which yeah. I've never read the Chronicles of Narnia. So once again, it's it's written in another time. See, since I mentioned Never Ending Story already, I'll go ahead and say it. Like fantasy back from those days is written differently. 
because it's it's more formal, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Like the, yeah. the writing is formal. Like it's not Wrinkle in Time was that way too. Wasn't yes, it? yeah. Where it's definitely very serious, and there's not a lot of humor involved. Yeah, and it, so it can be tough, I guess, to like read it these days when we're used to you know comic relief and we're used to like things flowing a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, and Narnia is definitely like that. Never any stories like that. Lord of the Rings is definitely like yeah. that. And so you just have to like be prepared when you go in For there. For that, that kind of stiff type It's kind of, of like yeah. stiff and yeah, like stiff seems like a terrible word because I love the Never Ending Story, but it is that way. It's that kind of fantasy. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot of lightheartedness, if you know what I mean. Yes. No, I, to- I totally understand what you're saying because um, another another book that came up, Neverwhere. Which, yeah, definitely Portal Fantasy. Which is... Yeah. Um, the first Neil Gaiman book that you suggested to me, and yep. that's what totally got me into Neil Gaiman. So. Telling you because I love it. that's my favorite genre of book is is the portal fantasy. I'm I'm 100 into it. So if anyone has suggestions of your favorite portal fantasy, let me know. Yes. I probably already read it because I'm telling you, I scour the internet for these things. Well, back then I scoured like the bookstores. Sure. Yeah, anything that was like a portal fantasy, I was in, super into it. Um, did you ever? I don't. I know you weren't really a Disney kid, but did you ever watch? Or did you ever see Fluffy Dogs? Do you remember? No, Fluffy I've never Dogs? even heard of that. <laughs> what? What is that? Well, I think it was more more like made for TV. I don't even think it went into theaters. But there were these dogs from another world. They made stuffed animals too, but they had a key, and they would stick the key into the air, and each time a door would appear, and it'd be a different looking door, and it would lead into a different world. Well, I mean that sounds exciting, but I probably would. It's a cartoon, so I, was I don't know. say I probably wouldn't be into it into it because it's animals. I don't think I like stories but they, about animals. They're talking creatures. Like, yeah. They just look like dogs. I'm not into stories about animals, but this I was totally into. But maybe it was because of the key and the portals. And I I remember being a kid outside playing, and I would I would use that whole situation where I've got a key, I stick it into the air, and a and a door appears. I love that stuff. I mean, I do too. I'm I'm super into it. Well, then I'm definitely going to think about which books that I remember from long ago that have that theme that we could read. I can't think of too many that I read, unfortunately. So what are your predictions, Emma? What do you think is going to happen? Well, it's totally ruined the whole Nutcracker. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, it's there's definitely no nutcracker, like nutcracker thing in that. I have no... I, I mean, they're going to get to the castle. They're going to have to defeat Medwin. We're going to learn more about Medwin's backstory. The keys are really important. Don't know how they are, but the second hoping... part of that riddle, though. It's... Oh, yeah, the second part, the dread spell. Yeah. That's got to come into it, too. So we probably, you probably need they to go have... back and analyze that. Well, they have to go, they have to go through the labyrinth. That's their only way home. Right. Um, but the labyrinth sounds terrifying, too. Or at it's least weird. Hard. I remember nothing about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to remember anything about that labyrinth part, and I, my mind is blank. Wow. I don't remember it. Maybe they skip it somehow. I don't know. No, like I, I would be really disappointed. I don't remember. But so far, I really, I really enjoy this book. Like I said, I Good. love it. Um, I think the writing style is great. It flows, it flows well for me. I know for you, it's a bit disjointed with. I think the that switching might, back and forth. It maybe if I had just read it straight without like stopping to make notes or whatever, I wouldn't feel that way. But this yeah. time when I was reading it, I was kind of just like, Professor here again. <laughs> I'm trying to switch it back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, cool. Well, next time. We're going to read the second half. So feel free to read along with us if you have a copy or just wait because we're going to tell you everything that happens anyway. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you don't even need to read it. You've got us. 
That's what we're here for. That's right. Your friendly book readers. <laughs> Until next time, this was Growing Up Bookish, and I am Allison. I'm Emma. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. To learn more about us and see what we're going to read next, visit our website at growingupbookish.com.